Hi, Olivia. Hey, Micah. Hi, Steph. Hi, Micah. And hi, everybody. We are the League of Movable Type, the first open source font foundry. You might know us from the weekly typographic podcast and newsletter, but we're coming to you live from Type Weekend this weekend. I'm Micah. I'm joining you from New York State. I'm Olivia. I'm joining you from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm Steph, and I'm joining you from Melbourne, Australia. And we are here to share a few of our favorite talks that we loved and give you a couple that you can look forward to tomorrow. Oh boy, what a superb Saturday, guys. So good. There were a lot. There were a lot. Steph, hit us. Tell us some of your favorites from today. Well, I had a great day today. Like you said, today was a super Saturday. So I continued my world tour with another type walk with Wakar Kumari in Kashmir. So he took us around and we looked at some signs. And as has been a bit of a theme with this particular type weekend event, there was a big conversation around the Latinization of some of the signs. And it was just really, I guess it was just a bit sad to see these really kind of plain Latin letters and characters and signs replacing some of the beautiful traditional signs around the area. And, and also just the the diversity that was in the older style signs, you know, the, the tweaks between the different types of scripts that are local to the area and the different languages and things as well. So I really liked, and I, again, I just think this was such a nice example of people using typography to also just connect like he started it with this project uh, the Kashmir type hunt with three friends as a project of documentation education and revival of identity in an age of these cheap latin signs being printed and stuck up on buildings around the area so I just think that, that one of the other things I've taken away from from type weekend so far is just using typography as a way of creating, connecting, and just doing something different and uh, exercising your creativity in different ways. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be designing a typeface to, to be doing something in typography, which I think is very satisfying and very exciting. The other talk that I really enjoyed today, which I little had a little teaser to yesterday, was Exploring the Cherokee Syllabary by Chris Skillen. And he talked about how the Cherokee language, how it changed and moved from being a primarily a spoken system and language and how that's just the evolution of actually it becoming a written language, which was not something I'd ever really considered before about how you know, really all languages had be, have changed from being spoken languages into having to then been represented on paper or on papyrus or, you know, whatever, whatever era <laughs> or, on stone, or on stone, whatever the era it was that it was right. written down for the first time. So he talked about the process of that happening, who actually, who created that. So Sequoia, who was the, who wanted to represent the language as a written language and put words on paper. And then the, the two people who helped actually create the printing press, which not just created the printing press, who actually created metal type for the printing press that represented the Cherokee language, which was super interesting. I really enjoyed that talk. Definitely one to go and watch today or go back and watch today if you missed that particular one. Uh, and how now a lot of typefaces, a lot of modern typefaces in the digital world don't actually support indigenous languages more generally, not just the Cherokee language. So what we can be doing again, thinking about to make sure that we can support these languages. Uh, and I know there's some projects happening here in Australia uh, that are doing that certainly with in, in Australian indigenous languages as well through Live King is working on one of those as well. 
The other one I really also enjoyed, The Primer on Japanese Typography Rules by Norbert Prining. He was talking about, he's actually a mathematician and a mountain guide. There we go, how cool is that? As a diverse talk to, or a diverse pathway into typography. Uh, he's not a typographer in a kind of traditional sense, but what he does talk about is the how to typeset in kanji. And one of the things I just thought was amazing, which I didn't know previously, is that kanji is all the same size. It, so it means kerning is incredibly easy because your letters are the same width and height as each other. Your characters, sorry, are the same width and height as each other, which is very interesting. But there is then complexity when you're bringing in the four different writing systems in Japan. Some are horizontal, some are vertical. And then also if you're mixing Roman letters into that as well, and the complexities that that does because Roman characters kind of ruin everything because they're not all the same width. <laughs> Shoot, that's fascinating. Mm, I didn't know one. that either. Yeah. Olivia, your turn. What'd you love today? All right, guys, a couple highlights that I'm a big fan of. So like I mentioned yesterday, I was really looking forward to Atefe Mohammadi's talk, and that's Letters Can Speak to You with Different Tones, the Cultural Narrative of Arabic Typefaces. Incredibly eye-opening. Talks about how the authenticity and integrity of Arabic script is often lost in Arabic typefaces when they're not designed by Arabic speakers are not designed by people that are native to the language. And she specifically talks about the issue when Arabic type is just thought about as as being totally optimized for the web. So she actually starts her presentation by talking about pixel placement and how a lot of a couple and she gives two examples of Arabic script typefaces that were designed completely for web compatibility in mind but then kind of strips it of all familiarity to Arabic culture and strips it of any familiarity to the writing tool that is originally used for Arabic. It really reminded me of Natalie Snodgrass's presentation a couple days ago about why typeface designers need the knowledge of uh, writing tools and calligraphic history of type to actually design it because, you know, Atefe goes through all these issues. She discusses the principles of readability for Arabic script, things like baseline measurements, ascenders, and descender heights. But when Arabic typefaces are designed not by Arabic speakers, these principles get designed in a way that someone is thinking about Latin type, not the way that someone would actually be writing Arabic script. So like a crazy disconnect happens. It's really unfortunate. But she herself is actually a type designer. And I love that at the end, she shares her own typeface that actually is very compatible with the web, but brings in the Arabic traditions and the Arabic history and culture into the typeface itself. It totally brought my attention to a typography situation I had no idea about and it was like really eye-opening. So I, I definitely think that's a must-watch. And then another video I loved was Strategies for Foundries, and that was by Joanna Correa. And she really gets into the details of how to market your font and the business side of type design, which is sometimes not talked about as much. We love talking about letter forms and all that, but uh, at the end of the day, sometimes you really just gotta make the monies. So <laughs> this is great for you know those that are passionate and talented talented in type design, maybe they're beginners and, you know, they're getting their work out there, but they don't quite understand uh, the process of selling type and making money off of it. I think uh, Joanna really offers a great framework and a process to follow 
She gives interesting insight into all the different channels that are available for selling fonts. You know, there are retailers now for selling fonts, and maybe you choose one re retailer for a handful of fonts and another retailer for another handful of fonts, and that way you can kind of diversify the groups of people that are viewing your work. She offers a few others besides that, but I thought that was kind of interesting and unique. And you know, we're in a world where there's like infinite ways to market our typefaces. So I think this will help you think critically about what decisions you want to make when you're ready to sell your font. Wow, I like that. That's neat. Very neat. How about you, Micah? Well, funny you should you should talk about the monies because my first favorite of today was actually also about money. It was Discovering the Recipe to Value-Based Pricing by Jasmine Jazz Holmes. And I got to say, she lives up to the nickname. She's extremely enthusiastic and very fun. The whole thing was like, it felt like a workshop. Like it was very well produced and stylish and had lots of great graphics. And she was just very energetic, which was great. So it was, it was super professional talk about a topic that I am personally very fascinated by this value-based pricing topic. I feel like it gets thrown around a lot and hardly ever explained. And so she actually positioned it in a really neat way that is very unique. And it, and it was, the recipe here is kind of a pun that comes throughout where she's using visuals of like pie and slices of pie and ingredients. And so she positions it as like, are you pricing for the ingredients, the slice of pie or a full belly? And I was like, oh, that is interesting. I have never thought about it that way. Excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, very cool. And then it was neat because she, you know, she <laughs> she talks about the value on your side as the person providing the service, like how much time you want to put in, how much you enjoy the work, whether it's giving you enough income. And she said something that just like was a knife right through my heart, which was, we're not just here to work and die. And I was like, oh, wow. Yep. Okay. And we don't talk about that ever. <laughs> Did you then close your computer for the day and go, that's right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done for the day. <laughs> I immediately called my therapist. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like huge respect for focusing on that and focusing on that first. Because, you know, it was only after that that she got into, okay, how do we start measuring the value for the client? And had a cool, had a cool series of examples sprinkled in, which I think is what this topic needs is examples. So it was useful. I will say before I before I stop talking about this particular one, uh, goodness gracious, we need more words to describe value. The number of times I heard the word value in this talk was a lot, and you know that's interesting because like if you can if you can kind of get over hearing that word repeatedly and listen more to the examples in the explanation, you will get some really valuable perspective on what I honestly think is like literally the most important part of running a design business. Mm. So huge kudos to that talk. Honestly, one of my favorite, I think actually my two favorites today were maybe my two favorites of the entire conference. Massive from my claim. perspective. Massive claims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the second one, the, the second one that I want to talk about, totally opposite end of the spectrum. This one was, it was, it was tough to get into. I'll tell you the title. And it was very serious. And then, you know, basically as we got into the details, it was m amazingly fascinating. So the title that I was intimidated by is Typotech North American Syllabics, Accommodating the Typographic Needs and Preferences of Local Syllabics Using 
indigenous communities by reforming the unified Canadian Aboriginal syllabics text standards. And I was like, what am I in for? (laughs) And it's actually talking about this super interesting project aimed towards including like, like inclusivity for indigenous people in Canada. And fascinatingly, he showed on a map like the giant size of Canada and how basically like non-indigenous peoples take up like this tidy strip at the bottom and the entire rest is, you know, people who are from there and have different cultures. So I thought that was fascinating. And the fact that the glyphs, it, it was it was more than just like demonstrating that their written language is entirely different from Latin, which was also fascinating because some of that I've just never seen before. But he made the point that like the glyphs don't even exist in traditional type design software. So it's impossible to build fonts for them in the current state. And that was where this project started. So they had to design the glyph set first, which, you know, he then kind of detailed what syllabics are and how they work and how they're very different from other written languages, which was very fascinating. And then went into some details of examples and usage and some of the unique complexities from designing specific shapes like this in the way that it's used. And I thought even more interesting than all of that, further in, he kind of details why the lack of Unicode support for characters in this language caused issues for the people and how they were kind of using custom glyphs in order to communicate, but that meant that they had to design a unique keyboard for you know that community, which was wild to me like they couldn't use a traditional keyboard because it wasn't in the glyph set and so they went to the fantastic trouble of actually proposing a change to the unicode standard and getting it approved so that this could be supported in this particular community and i think they did this with a few different communities and and he just he just pointed out the the importance of that in the fact that for the first time hopefully in the future the near future once this like approval process goes through and then like the keyboards in our software get adjusted for this it will be the first time that these people will ever be able to like text an email and like write a web page with a natural keyboard in their language and i was like that is mind-blowing so i highly recommend this talk even though you know it might seem intense at first Kevin King is the speaker and and runs this project, and he did a fantastic job of, like, explaining all this background. So cool. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just, like, the awareness that, in general, today's talks, but this whole celebration and conference type weekend brings to people... I, I. awareness is like even an understatement because I think Mm. we're all sitting here watching these talks of languages and scripts we might not have even known about bewildered that there are people that really don't have access to typefaces that represent their culture and all that I think it's it's shocking because Micah your talk that talk was not the first talk I've heard of Mm. someone creating a keyboard Mm -hmm. for their language back on you know chalkma script handwriting digitization 
to digitization talk by Bavudi Suze Maurice, he also talked about how he had to make a Chakma script keyboard because it didn't exist. And how nuts is that? And like, that it, is nuts. It, it just like proves to you that, you know, these efforts are so important and like so many languages are on the borderline of extinction as we go to this very digital age. And if mm. there's not any language support to support them, they're forced to move into a more Latin kind of uh, centralized, uh, you know, type language and script and like that shouldn't have to be the case so Mm. thank you for sharing that one yeah and even the fact that i'd imagine a lot of these people who are working on these projects i'd imagine on the most part are not being paid for them so it's actually almost like Mm. you've got to you know you've got to kind of give up your time and energy to to be understood it's just incredible (laughs) well put insane Mm. all right guys what are we looking forward to to tomorrow tomorrow i've got some tomorrow's a big one as well last day i'm particularly excited about type and sound by vivek thacker so that one sounds really interesting i'm not gonna spoil too much on that one but that's what i'm looking for and then also a reframing the indian vernacular typography as well by shantanu Mm. suman i'm looking forward to the wonders of hebrew wood type by shani avni Sounds very cool. I love some wood type. Give me the physicality. I'm here for it. The other talk I'm looking forward to is Engaging the Filipino Type Community by Joanna Malinas. And uh, that sounds pretty interesting as well. Oh, sweet. I got I got one for tomorrow that I'm super excited about that, you know, is definitely in my wheelhouse, which is testing fonts on the web with Type Tuner, which is kind of a super nerdy coding talk. It's going to be mm. really fun. Nice. See you tomorrow. All right. Excited to see everybody tomorrow. <laughs> do 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 do. Do do do. do. <laughs>